Do you like having posters of your favorite players from your favorite teams? Well, I do. I mean, I'm looking to my right. I got my man Drew Beam from Tennessee Baseball. I'm looking to my left. I got tonight's guest, Maya Gordon from LSU Soccer. Doesn't matter the team. Doesn't matter the player. They probably got them. Go out there and support them from the Athletic Collection, where the money goes to these players through NIL. So go get your favorite player from your favorite team's poster today. Desperado, sitting in a old Welcome, everybody, to the In Off the Bench podcast. My name is Jim Cross, and I'm rolling solo today, but that's all right because we're going to keep on going. We got episode 19 titled Lock You Down, and that's because our guests will absolutely lock you down. Maya Gordon, captain and star of the LSU soccer team, and we're going to get her story. We're going to talk all things LSU women's soccer, so let's not waste any time and get into the biggest interview in podcasting this week with our girl, Maya Gordon. Maya, welcome to the show. It's been a long time coming. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. You know, uh, especially getting to talk anything LSU, but especially soccer as, you know, me and my daughter are diehard fans and specifically of yours. And that's why I said long time coming. So I've had five guests from the LSU soccer team, but just now getting you, we've been watching you for years. So finally to get your story, you know, find out what makes you the boss that you are on the field. But before we get into all things soccer, you know, let's break the ice. Let's, you know, give the people a little fun. If you had your own late night talk show, who would be your first celebrity guest? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, You know, I would probably, I would probably pick Rihanna. But I only say that because, you know, obviously like, She's a great musician, but I just feel like Rihanna is just so like, uh, can I say like, I can't cuss on here, can I? You can. Like, oh, she's like just a badass. Like she really is. <laughs> like she's just, you know, she just like brings, I feel like just this energy that like she's who she is and she doesn't really care what anybody says. And I would love to like, you know, I would love to like pick her brain about like how she got there. Cause I feel like she's been through like so many different things, like through media and everything. So that's probably who I would pick. I mean, it's a solid justification, not just because you like her, but you talk about picking her brain. So, yeah, like find out how she made it to the top. I like that. Yeah. Well, funny that you brought up Rihanna, because the next question is, if you had to sing karaoke, and I say had to because like somebody like me would never voluntarily sing karaoke. <laughs> but if you had to, what song are you picking? Love on the Brain by Rihanna. I, fi- I figured the way oh. that, that correlated. So perfect. Well, next time I'm down there, I'm going to set you up and... I'll make sure everybody has to hear you sing your girl. <laughs> I don't know about that, but maybe. <laughs> All right. So this is always the fun one when we ask the ladies to come on air. Who was your celebrity crush growing up? Um, Growing up and to this day, everyone's so like surprised every single time I say this, but Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I know it's like, that's like not a typical answer, but I don't know what it is about Jake Gyllenhaal. I just love him. <laughs> Like, I just he, love he's him. a phenomenal actor. I watched Southpaw just yeah. the other day. So, like, I mean, I get it. I like it. I, I, yeah, get I really it. like him. 
I, I like different answers too. Like, you know, so not typical answers are always good. This next one will be intriguing. When when you're talking about athletes of your caliber, you know, who is your all-time favorite athlete? Oh, there's so many good ones. Um, you know, growing up, you know, like I wasn't always a defender. So like I like used to actually like play forward and stuff like that. So like growing up, it was always Sydney LaRue. Just because, like, I just, like, felt like I identified with her, especially as, like, just, like, a Black female athlete and everything. So, like, I think that that would be my answer, probably, because, like, I've always kind of just looked up to her. And I feel like she's, like, still playing now, like, even after she's had kids and everything. So, it's just, like, she she's just, like, big deal to me. Well, well, you say you play defender. I'm going to be honest with you. We'll get into it later. You know, there's some times where I've watched you live and I've wanted you to shoot the ball and you pass it and I was mad at you. But yeah, we'll, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that shortly. So, all right, let's get into your story. You know, where are you from? I'm originally from like South Florida, like Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. Very, very nice area. As a matter of fact, if my main host was here, um, he lived down there some way, he'd probably know exactly where it is you were probably from. But with that, you know, what's the fi- family dynamics? I think I saw that you had uh, a few siblings. Oh, I have triplet brothers. That's always, yeah, that's always so super fun to bring up. And everybody's always like, are you serious? Older but or younger? Younger. They're all sophomores now in college. Wow. So, I mean, uh, this is a first, you know, you're like guest number 270 and we've never had triplet brothers. So, I mean, explain to me what it's like growing up, you know, with younger triplet brothers. Well, you know, I kind of actually have to thank them for like this whole soccer thing because I was like, in and out of like a billion different sports and then like once my brothers were born I was probably like three and my parents were just like looking to put me into something like get me really interested in something because like they just had like so much on their hands with my brothers just being born so it was just throwing me into all these different sports they tried basketball gymnastics all that and I just loved soccer so much so that was what I ended up doing and yeah like I feel like like when I was younger, I, we used to go into my backyard and one of my brothers would play goalkeeper and then I would play like 2v1 against them. It would be me against two of them plus like one of them playing goalkeeper. And it was always like it's always just been I'm like really close to my brother. So it's always been like real cool to like just have them. Uh, two of them look like super similar, like twins. And then one of them is like fraternal. But um, but yeah, I I, I love and having do you, and, do you, and do you look after them? You that the big sister that looks after them no matter what? Oh, yeah. So you talk about playing all these other sports and, you know, I'm not surprised because if you look at your build and your strength and your power, like, I mean, I don't think there's probably a sport that you probably couldn't try and play and be at least somewhat successful. So, you know, with that, you know, you, you said you played the other ones. What were the other ones you were playing and trying? Um, My mom did her very best to get me into basketball because she actually played basketball. Um, But there that's probably the only sport that I'm like could not do. <laughs> I just couldn't get basketball down. But um, other than that, like I had like, I was like really into track at one point too. Like I ran for my school and stuff and I went to States and everything. So I, and I really enjoyed track, but track speed is just different than like, you know, like other sports speed, like soccer speed and track speed are completely different. So like once you're running against people that are like, you know, they've been doing this for real, like their whole life, like this is their sport. It's just much different. But um, yeah, then that I did like a little bit of gymnastics and cheerleading but um, I wanted to get into tackles, so soccer was it. Yeah, that's that's an interesting fact that you brought up because my daughter is the same way. So obviously being a soccer player and, 
um, she tried out track as well. And it wasn't the same thing. Like she wasn't very, but yet she can be like the fastest on a soccer field. It's something, yeah. I don't know, like, because she plays back line like you. So some about when you have to get back and protect the house and get that ball, like there's yeah. something different than when you're just running on the track. So yeah, exactly. I get it completely. So, you know, with that, you know, you talked about doing track and in, in high school as well, you know, what high school did you go to? I went to Cypress Bay high school it's a it's like a really big public school there was like probably like like there's like five thousand kids in my school and like there was like 1100 kids in my graduating class but um it's a public school so it's like less known for like football and stuff like that we weren't that great at football but we're our soccer team is actually good our boys soccer team is good too man 1100 like usually because ours was 600 mine and my my co-host and usually we don't have anybody that really, other than some of the ones from Texas, you know, and the like the Woodlands type deal, like yeah, you know, usually don't have people with bigger classes, but you, y'all doubled it up. That's a huge school. Yep. Right? Huge. So you could just not be there and nobody even know. <laughs> yeah. And like every single day you're walking around seeing people you've never seen before in your life, even though you've been going to school there for years. You're like graduation and you've been to school with somebody for like four years and you're like, who is that? Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> That is awesome. And so obviously before we talk about high school ball, you know, I know club ball when it comes to soccer is so important. Uh, what club team did you play for? I played for Sunrise Sting. Um, we actually were like at West Pines first and then we went to Sunrise Sting. But me and Taylor were on the same club team, like since we were like eight years old. Ah, something new I didn't know. That's what's up. I do know she's yeah. obviously from Florida being a guest on here, but did not know y'all played club together. That's awesome. So the fact that y'all are still together. Um, you know, so you were named to the best 11 for the 18U girls age group for your performance at 2018 U.S. Youth Soccer National Championships in Frisco, Texas. You helped Sunrise claim its first ever national title, led Cypress Bay High School to back-to-back district titles ranging from 2016 to 18. You helped Cypress Bay to a 47-7-3 and and record over the three years. Says your favorite soccer memory is winning the nationals as the member of Sunrise. So, Let's unpack all that and talk first, you know, about that favorite memory, you know, um, what was it like winning that national championship, especially it was their first ever. Yeah, that was like a really amazing moment in my soccer career, just because like, it actually kind of reminded me, I know we're probably going to talk about this later, but it kind of reminded me of the Georgia game that we just played because when we were playing, when we were in the, the national championship game, we, um we actually went down to zero. And like with like 30, 25, 25, 30 minutes left, we ended up scoring like three goals back to back to back. And we ended up winning like within like the last like five minutes of the game. So like it was just so like what we were the underdogs. Nobody expected it from us. And then like for us to do that and especially like for us to do that with a team that like I've been with since I was like really little, like I've been with these girls since I was like seven, eight years old. And it felt like we were just like, working up to that, working up to that every year. Like we would get knocked out in this game, that game, whatever. And for us to like make it all the way and win it was just like, you know, nobody thought we could do it. So it was really an amazing moment yeah, for us. It's always so much sweeter when, you know, you're the underdog and it's a yeah. set resiliency, no doubt. So as far as high school, you know, you talked about the the level of competition. It may not have been as much, but, you know, nonetheless, um, y'all were getting it done, like I said, 47 and seven and three record um district title so obviously you're still doing your thing what was what was that level of competition like was I mean obviously it's not going to match up to club but was I mean was it was it easy or like I mean did you actually get challenged 
Um, it honestly depended on the like who we were playing, but like there were there was a good handful of games that we that like they were like you know I would say like challenging games. We um I feel like South Florida has like a good environment for like um women's soccer and stuff like that. So a lot of the schools down there are actually um pretty good at soccer, and um sometimes we would go like we would like drive a couple hours like up the state or whatever to like play teams up there that were even better and stuff like that so yeah like I wouldn't say it was as challenging as club but it wasn't like it wasn't like so unchallenging that it was just like a joke like it wasn't like that either well and and it's like that right like so we're from Memphis area but um she goes to she goes to high school in North Mississippi. She plays club ball for Memphis. But when we play teams from Florida or we go down to Louisiana, or even when she even if you don't even go club stuff or high school stuff, but like when, when she's went to ID camps and played with a lot of the local travel girls, like LSU being one of them, um, she sees the talent and speed. And I and I told her, I said, if you look nationally, we come from like one of the worst soccer areas in the country. So I was like, when she was going to, for instance, ID camp, she was happened to be on a girl from Florida who was the fastest girl she's ever had to deal with, and and she was getting frustrated. And I said, "That's that's what it happens when you're next level. This ain't this ain't home, baby girl. You know." So, yeah. um, Florida, Florida definitely comes with it when it comes to soccer. I know for sure. So, with that being said, you know you're from Florida area, South Florida specifically, but you end up at LSU. So, you know how does the recruiting process? process go and how do you ultimately end up choosing LSU um well like I would say like around eighth grade that was when like colleges really we started to really go to like showcases and stuff like that for like and like there was really college coaches like I remember my first game that I seen like college coaches like lined up on the sideline of our games like it was really like some like they told us that that was going to happen like our coaches told us like oh this is going to be different like these people are going to be watching you and stuff but like I it didn't really hit me until like I saw them literally lined up on the sideline with their books and like all their college gear it was crazy but um but yeah like I it was I could tell like it was like um certain types of schools that were interested in me like the big SEC schools were really interested in me there was a, a couple ACC schools but I was I kind of like wanted like the big college environment like that was like kind of what I was going for like I just wanted to experience everything that it was to like play for like play for a school that has like so much pride and passion for their for like their sports and their athletics so I had like I was like between like I had taken a visit to Auburn. Um, I was really interested in Vanderbilt at one point. Um, and I like just kind of I was interested in South Carolina as well. And then I had taken all the visits that I was interested in taking, and I just loved my visit at LSU. Like I seen the way that like the fans at LSU like ride for their sports mm-hmm. and like also like the campus is really pretty and everything. So like it just and like the girls were really sweet. Like it just felt like when I was there, it wasn't too far from home. And at the same time, like it didn't make me feel too far from home either. Like when I was there. So like, I just felt really good about it when I was there. And I like, I didn't really want to take any other visits after I went to LSU. Like I was kind of just like set on it. And so with you and Taylor having played together, did y'all do any kind of talking when it came to choosing school or does that just happen to happen on its own? Um, We actually went on our Auburn visit visit together and we went on our LSU visit together so we went on the visits together but we didn't necessarily like talk about who, what we were going to pick what we were going to do we talked about like oh I like this oh I don't like this like or whatever about like whatever school we went to together because we also took the uh the UM trip together uh-huh. but um 
but we didn't like necessarily talk about decisions. Gotcha. So like she was surprised when I committed and I was even surprised when she committed. Well, that's awesome that y'all end up being there. Obviously, um, two of y'all being, uh, you know, my favorites on there along with Rami. So that's, you know, and the fact that you're from Florida, had I never researched that, right? If it's just based upon me going to the games, I don't know, you've embodied LSU so well. I would never think that like, you weren't from Louisiana and because you play with such pride and passion, like, you know, it feels like somebody who's, you know, representing their home, their home state, their yeah. home city. So um, that's really good. And so with that, you know, obviously I've been to Fort Lauderdale a few times, been to Baton Rouge one million times, like they're nothing the same. So was it any kind of a culture shock for you once you've like moved and set up shop there? Absolutely. <laughs> it was so like, I, I felt like the city that I'm from, is it's called Weston. It's like like Fort Lauderdale, but it's like not Fort Lauderdale at the same time. Like it is literally like its own bubble. Like I I've never experienced anything other than like Weston, and it really is like a bubble for real. And when I got out here, I was like, oh, like this is like the real world. Like I never even knew this existed, really. And it was a culture shock, but. But I don't know, like, I felt like I needed it because, like, I just was, like, so, like, I, like, didn't, I didn't even realize, like, you know, just how different, like, other parts of, like, you know, America are truly. Like, I really felt like, you know, where I'm from is how everywhere kind of is, like, and that wasn't the case when I came here. So, you know, I feel like it's honestly helped me grow a lot and, like, just given me, like, a new experience. Yeah, and I mean, it should be a culture shock for for anyone, like, uh, I mean, my two favorite cities that I spend all my time in, one I'm from and then my family's from the other. But I mean, I spend all my time in Memphis and Baton Rouge and they are two cities that have like, or Baton Rouge, kind of New Orleans, that whole area, like just have their own identity and culture. And there's nothing like it in the country. And that's why they're my two favorite spots because known for food and music and just a whole different, you know, life. And anyway, so when you get there, you know, um, I've watched College Nationwide, and, and I've been ready to talk to you about this. I obviously messaged you about it. Sitting there talking to the fans in the stands with it about your your slide tackling ability. Was this something that you had in your arsenal by the time you got to LSU, or is it something you developed when you got there? It is something that I've done, like, since I was a little kid. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know, like, how I learned or, like, taught myself to do it, but, like, I don't I, I can't even tell you like I can't even remember the first time I ever did it like I just it's always been something that I've done like always like since I was in club high school all of that like everyone's always been like oh you're slide tackling you're slide tackling yeah. like I've had parents ask me like okay oh, like can, I'd love to set up one-on-one -on -one sessions with you and my daughter like I would really like you to teach her but like I don't it's it's difficult because like the slide tackling like it's more of like an instinct for me like, it's something that, like, I don't even think about. I just know, like, when to do it, which is why I think that, like, I'm really good at it because I don't even think about it when I'm doing it. I just, like, it's just more of an instinct kind of thing. Right. And I, you know, I played soccer and I always slid tackle from the time I was a young age and I never was taught. And that's what I've tried to explain to my daughter because she's like, teach me. And I was like, like, I'm trying to teach her. And I'm like, I don't really know how to to tell you. You like, you, yeah. just, sli you just slide. Like, I don't, I was like, I always just did it. And, but with you specifically, you know, like I said, watching players around the country, the way you just effortlessly do it, but more so it's the the timing in which I know that, you know, just from watching you over the last three years, it's gotten better. Um, and that, and that comes with experience, but the way you just, you time it up, you know, you were talking about 
track and being fast, but, you know, I watched you in that Ole Miss game, and there was a specific play where that girl thought she had you beat, and she was running full speed, and you were kind of – you weren't jogging, but you were, like, half sprinting because you were setting it up, and then right yeah. when she thought she was going to get a shot, you just took the ball right out from underneath her, and it was like – and me and the me and a couple of players' dads that were beside me, we all knew it was coming. Like, we, we all were, like, literally talking about loud. She was like, she's setting her up right here, and then boom. And so, you know, it's it's an amazing asset to have in your arsenal, especially being on the back line of that defense. Um, yeah, my coaches, my coaches call it my superpower. It is. I mean, when everybody doesn't have it, like, yeah, I mean, there's something special about it. But before we get too deep into soccer, I do want to say something. And, you know, you mentioned Vanderbilt, which makes a lot of sense. You know, you've made the honor roll um, every semester since you've been there at LSU. Talk to me about why academics are so important to you and you don't just focus on athletics. Um, I think that it's like difficult as like a female soccer player to like really only focus on soccer because it's not like we're football players. Like I feel like the football players, like they have like, they have like this pathway in their head that like all of them feel like they're going to go down, which is like, you know, this, the NFL, like whatever. And they feel like they don't really need to worry about school. A lot of them, but you know, with us, it's different. Like you need to have like a backup plan to fall back on just because like women's soccer is something that is building in our country right now. And I don't feel like it's something that is like, like super like popular and like has a, a ridiculous amount of support the way like American football does. So I just feel like, like I, I, my mom has always told me and like, they've always like made it a big deal that like academics is a big deal. Like having a fallback plan and something else, like in an education, it's really important. So like, I've always like, you know, I've always like thought of it as like, you know, that it's like a big deal that I keep up with all my academics as well. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, um Saturday night after the LSU football game is over my daughter says to me you know LSU was obviously the dream to play for and you know then she had a list of schools that were like kind of behind that and she didn't really get those and she's been getting D2 and D3 offers which are very respectable that's not to say nothing about it but because she is the way she is academically you know 4.5 GPA she wants to be in neuroscience like and so it was one of those things where she says to me Saturday night, you know, would you be mad at me if I chose LSU or Vanderbilt, ironically that you brought that up, um, as opposed to playing soccer? And I said, you, why would I be mad? I was like, you wouldn't ever have to ask me that. And especially if it's LSU, because I'm, you know, you wouldn't have to ever convince me to come visit you. I'll be down there <laughs> any weekend you want me to. But um, to your point about, you know, the academics being the priority and especially because you know she knows she's not going to go pro right and like so at the end of the day it's about the education and athletics is just something that you know if you're blessed enough to play you know you can but you know with it not being the schools that she exactly wanted I understand it like because you have these schools that you really want to go to and if you can get to them academically um you know why not just I mean it, it sucks because you want to play soccer but ultimately your goal is to to go to the school you want to and get the education you want to. So I'm glad you have that focus. Obviously, I think you got the skills to play on a professional level, but you know that you're going to, you already have the degree, actually, obviously it's a five-year, but you know you have something set up for you if it doesn't work out, which is beautiful. Yeah, I'm like, you know, even if, even if like you're 100% sure that you're going pro and like all that, like it's not going to be forever. Right. Like, you know, you're not going to play forever. And that's like, you know, that's always been the big like message. My mom is always like, you know, drilled into my head. Like I, regardless of how talented you are, it's not going to be forever. So, you know, that's just something I always re like remind myself. 
Absolutely. And you can always be like a, a, a businesswoman entrepreneur while you're playing yeah. soccer. I mean, you, exactly. can get the, you can get in the game early. So, you know, in your time there, um, obviously there's been, you know, coaching changes. Obviously, Sean Hudson comes in. Um, Y'all have made multiple uh tournament appearances you've been on the back line there's obviously been moving pieces obviously reference shannon cook earlier who's not there um but you know you're the captain now you're the anchor of this team you're the one constant that over the last five years has been there so um what's it like now embracing that role um knowing that you're the veteran leader not just the captain itself but you know you've been through this um you know how to guide and lead this team especially on defense Yes, sometimes it's difficult just because I feel like I have such big shoes to fill because like, like Shannon and Lindsay were like just so like um they balanced each other perfectly. They were amazing captains. They were super outspoken, like they knew exactly what to say. But I feel like with having those big shoes to fill, I've also learned a lot from them. Like they and like I still talk to them to this day if I'm having an issue like with something captain wise, like leadership wise on the team, and I don't know how to handle it. I'll text or call Shannon or Lindsay and they'll give me advice about it just because like, I felt like they are people that to this day that I still look up to and they're doing the things that I'm hoping to do after this too. So it, it's not always easy, but it's extremely rewarding. And like my team makes me feel like they, they put all of their faith and belief in me and Swifty. And like, it's just, it's like an extremely rewarding feeling like every single time that we play. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we talk about that veteran leadership and we talk about, you know, the fact you just brought up Molly and we obviously have been talking about Taylor, you know, you made the two NCAA appearances, obviously didn't go as well as you wanted, but you lost to a juggernaut in Florida State and a Memphis team that's been there three straight years, went to the Sweet 16 last year, went to PKs, Arkansas. So like really, really good programs. Um, So y'all have been able to get there, get that experience, be battle tested. Do you think coming into this season when you when you look at you and those ladies and, and Ramey, and I mean, obviously there's a lot of veterans on the team. It's it's made y'all prepared for anything that comes your way this year, being that, you know, y'all have got tournament experience, y'all have played the best of the best. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, when we, we have, we are not like, we haven't been like extremely consistent this year, but when we are on, I would bet on us every single time. Like when we are put a 90 minute game together, like, like Texas, like, I don't think like there's another team that could, you know, stick with us, honestly, like I would put all my money on us every single time. So yeah, like we and I feel like we just have so much experience. And like, like you're saying, like, we have so many veterans that's just like, there, there's no place on the field that like, you know, there's, there isn't somebody in that line that knows exactly what to say what to do, like, you know, being all the way in the back, like Swifty, obviously, is a goalkeeper, I'm in the back line, like, we can't like control everything always like all the time so it's like you know taylor's a veteran she's up there ramey's a veteran she's up there and molly baker as well like we have like so many people that like know what to do what to say so i just feel like you know all we have to do is like i i hope that we can ride the momentum from like georgia mississippi state and like just keep this up and become consistent because if we are consistent i don't see how you know anyone in the sec can bring us down yeah even in um you know the two games that i was at where you guys tied and lost um it was it was all about you were the better team clear cut in both games it was about what you're talking about consistency first with pepper done 
Um, if you would have played the first half like you guys played the second half, I mean, it was clear cut how much of a better team y'all were the second half. And they got yeah. lucky that y'all didn't win that game because, I mean, it was an onslaught the whole second half. Y'all had the ball the whole time. Um, obviously, coming back from 2 nothing to tie it. So it's uh, better better than a loss, even though ties aren't just the most fun thing. And then the Ole Miss game, that's actually an anomaly. Like, I've just been paying attention more and more to stat sheets of games across the country since that game to find a team that had 21 shots on goal and didn't score. And you just can't find it. Um, the fact that y'all didn't score, y'all had multiple go off the post. Y'all had perfect crosses that just like, you know, the – either the foot didn't get on or just missed the goal. It's just it's like, yeah. y'all, y'all thoroughly outplayed them and had ball control. Just it's one of those things, but you come off those two resilient bunch, obviously even start down to nothing to Georgia and win three to two. And then obviously come from behind on Mississippi state, you know, to get that two to one victory. So talk to me about these games, you know, first, you know, you brought up Georgia earlier, um, I mean, I don't think anything defines a team more than that. What was it? Was it the final 19 minutes? Like, do you score yeah. those goals? Yeah, like, that really showed me just how, like, resilient our team, like, truly is. And just how much, like, we believe in all of each other. Because after the second goal, we, like, all came together. And we were like, you know what? Like, we need to change the formation. Like we hadn't talked to our coaches because like it just was there was so much melee going on. And all of us just kind of got there, got together. Me and Swifty looked at each other and we were like, we need to change formation. This isn't working. And everyone put their belief in us and we just moved people around the field. We changed the formation and we went at them for 20 minutes and obviously like got the result. So like, you know, I just feel like that those are the moments where I'm just like, who who can stick with us when we are like this? Like right. and which leads me to the question. All right, so we talk about the captain and veteran leadership. All four of these games have a common theme. My slow starts. How do y'all get all? How do y'all get that change going into this Florida game to get the fast start? How do we get it different? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with like finishing our opportunities and taking advantage of the opportunities that we that we like make that we create. Because I feel like a lot of the times, like like first like five, 10 minutes of Mississippi state, we're down their throat. Like the, those first five, 10 minutes, but it's just like, like, it's just, it's just like w one extra pass, one extra touch, like, you know, just one extra mistake that we make that it's just like, we can't, we don't get the ball in the back of the net. And eventually when you give teams time and time again, like opportunities to feel like they're still in the game because we're keeping it at zero, zero, eventually they're going to get one because they're knocking on the door as well. So, you know, it is like our Sean has been telling us, like, it shouldn't take us to get punched in the mouth for us to, like, get up and fight and put some right. balls in the back of the net. If we could just start that way, like, no one is going to be able to, like, you know, hang with us. So, you know, I don't know if it's like, you know, just working on finishing more or like working on the final action before we shoot or whatever it is. But um, yeah, that's definitely something that we need to address because the slow starts are not something that we can keep doing throughout the entire SEC play. Yeah, it's about putting the whole 90 together because, yeah. you know, I don't go to just LSU games, went to Alabama, Memphis, go to a lot of Memphis games, obviously being around the corner, um, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, all these. And, you know, I don't feel like, you know, like watching Alabama, right, who's a top 10 team, and maybe they got exposed a little bit by Arkansas this this past game. But I watched them against Memphis, and there was nothing about when I was watching them, and they won that game, 
and watching y'all at your best that said, oh, Alabama is definitely a better team than LSU. There was nothing that yeah. said that. Um, and so it tells me that if y'all – but you obviously can't get behind on a team like that. So, yeah. um, you know, with these games going forward, obviously you got Florida first, but you're going to get into those Alabamas and Arkansas and, you know, South Carolina. Um, so you got you got three top ten teams that will be coming up. So got to definitely get these games that you're getting. Georgia, uh, Mississippi State, like you did. Got to get Florida. And you have to get Florida, Maya, because if the other guys were here, we collectively all three hate Florida and all sports <laughs> across the board. And so uh, no losing to Florida. We don't we don't allow it, Maya. So got you. extend this streak to three. We'll be watching. And I'll, I'll be watching the rest of the season from the TV. Y'all haven't lost when I've watched on TV, and you've lost every game I've came to over the last three seasons. I'm not making that up. As a matter of fact, you know, Taylor's family was trying to tell me I got to keep coming. Rami's mom was trying to tell me I got to keep coming. And I was like, I don't want to come anymore. Like, I love supporting the girls, but y'all never win. And they're like, it's not you. And I was like, it's you may feel that way. I don't. Like, when I come, it's always a loss. And then I got to hug the girls afterward when they're sad or mad or whatever the case <laughs> is. It's just not fun. So I'm just going to watch y'all from TV. Y'all know y'all know I'm a loyal supporter. I told my daughter, as a matter of fact, because she wants to come to a game here soon. Um, we're matching it up when y'all have a game, and I'm going down there for football or baseball. And I said, I'm just going to drop you off at the field and let you watch. And you can, you can come back and tell me about <laughs> And then the you, can watch, you can watch from the TV on your phone. Yeah, I mean, come back and, and tell me about how great it was in person. Just, I'm not going to be there to put that voodoo on y'all. I'm, I'm <laughs> done. I'm done with it. Won't I won't do it no more. So. I appreciate you being so selfless. <laughs> well, I don't don't think that I'll tell you who has gave me grief about it. Molly has let me know that maybe I need to stay at home. <laughs> Rami is refusing. She she's like, you got to come like we, we got like a little sibling thing going between me and her. I got the big brother thing, <laughs> especially since uh I thought we were going to go to war two years ago when y'all were in Ole Miss. Obviously, we're not going to recap that. But you know about that crowd. Me and my daughter, oh, yeah. we were going to fight like 100 frat boys, but we'll move. We won't even bring that back up. As a matter of fact, we'll use that as a transition to get into our game that we play with every single guest called this or that. Get a get a little bit of your personality out there, fun, get away from the soccer field for a second. You down to play? Okay. Yep. All right. So would you rather have breakfast for breakfast or breakfast for dinner? Breakfast for breakfast. Mm, boo. Man, I love some breakfast for dinner. What's I also your... like breakfast for dinner, but I what's, like what, dinner too. What, what's your favorite <laughs> breakfast item? Uh, gotta be French toast. Solid. Bacon, bacon would probably be my go-to, but I have no problem with picking French toast, especially, you know, down there in Baton Rouge, I go down on the broken egg and I'll be getting that French, French toast platter. Ooh. Mm. You know what else is good? Um, biscuits and gravy. Mm. Yeah. Especially I'm gonna call myself out here a night and drinking in Baton Rouge. Um, biscuits and gravy soaks it all up. So <laughs> advice for anybody who takes that route. All right. Um, you know, being there, you've been so many years at uh, LSU and you've been able to, I'm sure, take in many of these events. It is so much fun to go to the PMAC and watch women's basketball and gymnastics. Um, basketball obviously just won a championship. I'm putting all my money on LSU gymnastics winning all this year. They're absolutely loaded. We've had four guests from that team. I ask you, if you have been to both, what is more exciting atmosphere, basketball or gymnastics? Oh, why you got to do this to me? Um, they're both electric that's, that's these questions aren't supposed to exactly be. they're both electric but i have to give it to gymnastics just because like watching those girls flip through the air and stick a landing is probably the most impressive thing i i ever seen ever in my life like ever seen another human being do so i, I get into a lot of arguments with a lot of guys because 
I cover college baseball predominantly, right? And so they say the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball. And I tell every guy that says that I used to feel that way until I started going to gymnastics meets in person. And I said, no, I said, I, and I, I don't even go with all of it. I start with just the beam. I said, I can't even walk across that four inch beam without falling, let alone do flips onto it and manage to stay balanced. And I was like, but anything, whether you're talking about bars or the floor, like I was like, gymnastics is harder to do than hit a baseball. I don't care what anybody says. I barely can watch them do that beam thing. Like it gives me so much anxiety watching them. But yeah, if I had to pick, it would definitely be gymnastics. The first time I ever cried at a sporting event in my life was last year for gymnastics. Believe it or not, this grown man, uh, Kaya is family. She's a four-time guest of the show. She's came up here and done an event for for charity. um, And and we paid her through NIL for character award and everything. Um, Every time I go there, she's met me three times at the soccer field to watch a game. She did uh, when I went down there to watch the Pepperdine game. And uh, anyway, when she landed and buckled and ruptured her Achilles and her season was over and I thought her career could possibly be over, I was sitting there grown man wiping them away. I was like, I felt like that was my daughter out there. It hurt so bad. And the way it affected that team, it shows how close y'all are on teams because that team, the rest of the the meet had trouble composing themselves. Like girls yeah. were girls were making mistakes and they, you know, you're always supposed to smile in gymnastics. They weren't like smiling, like. Their captain just went down. Yeah, Kaya is such a big part of the gymnastics team. But you see, like, the way that even even when stuff like that happens with them, I've always, like, admired how close the gymnastics team is, for real. Because even when stuff like that happens, the like, you know, Kaya still, like, you know, such a leader. Like, you know, she's still somebody that everyone looks up to on that team, so... Yeah, they lost her and KJ and still managed to make it to the final four, which showed how they rallied around that and pushed through, uh, uh, you know, perseverance. And now this year with them both being back healthy and then transfers and newcomers, they're going to be electric. But back to you, if you were left on an island but had the choice of only being all by yourself, so you're stranded on this island, you're not going anywhere, but you either be alone or if that one someone was your worst enemy, which one are you choosing? By myself. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. With, with no hesitation. You don't no hesitation. you wouldn't rather you wouldn't rather argue and fight with that person you hate? No. No. I don't hate anyone, first off. I don't hate anybody. But if I could like think in my head who I would say is my worst enemy, I would much rather be alone. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, Griffin Herring, uh LSU baseball pitcher, just won a national championship like a month ago, Florida with the first ever answer of he said he would pick his worst enemy. And he said, then when he got to starving, he wouldn't have no problem eating them when he's hungry. And I was like, I'm not that that thought that thought crossed through my brain. But you shouldn't say it, but you shouldn't say it. You shouldn't say it. Exactly. His dad (laughs) texted me after he heard the episode and said, my son admitted to being a cannibal on, on (laughs) air. Like, so yeah, it's one thing, but it is, it is a, it is a smart thought. This next one's going to intrigue me because I feel like I know the answer for you, but would you rather have a massive yacht or a private jet? What do you think my answer is? Massive yacht. No, I would rather have a private jet. I feel, I feel, I feel like you want to lay out by the water. I feel like I do. I do want to do that, but I want to lay out by the water in various different, you know, locations and my private jet will get me there. Uh, I mean, there's no wrong answer in this equation, obviously. Yeah. I want I want the yacht. I know it's going to take me longer to get to places, but I'm going to be sailing. And obviously, if it's a massive yacht, it means I'm rich. I got a you know group of people working, keeping it clean, serving me drinks. You know, I'm gonna be all right. To be fair, I'm like even though like I love the beach, 
open water really freaks me out like really bad like like I don't know why like I have like a weird fear of like open water open ocean so mm. like the thought of having a boat and doing all that yeah it kind of freaks me out a little bit not the not the weirdest fear at all but you know <laughs> um just yeah stay on the beach then um <laughs> all right so favorite uniform purple gold or white I would have said white when we wore white top, white shorts, white bottoms, but mm. we don't do that anymore. So I'm gonna have to say purple, all purple. I do, I do, because my one of my daughter's uniforms and her kid is the all white, and I love it. And ironically, they um because they're teenage girls, they switched it to dark bottoms for you know the certain yeah. reason. And I was like, what are y'all doing? Blue bottoms with the white top. I was like, no, yeah. Uh, but I, but I get it. But yeah, I'm down for the all white. But when it comes to LSU's colors right like obviously they symbolize royalty you can't go wrong with the purple or gold like when we ask the baseball guys they're like they get debatable but they're like it's the same thing as we're talking about the the yacht or the jet there's no real loss in this in this equation no there isn't all right so the last question is the real tester all right so this year you can win the national championship you can have that ring you can have the hardware or I can drop you off a duffel bag with a million dollars cash right now. Which one are you going with? And I'm going to tell you right up front. It's like 50-50. You're like right now, like you're guest number 20. Like I think you would be like breaking a tie. Like so. I'm not going to lie. This is not a difficult question for me. People are going to think that like I'm lying, but I would totally win the national championship because I feel like. I feel like I could make a million dollars one day. I'm young enough that, like, you know, I could make a million dollars one day anyways. And winning the national championship, like, being, like, what, like, the third team in the last year to win the national championship at LSU. And, like, we have never done that. Like, that would be crazy. Especially my last season. Mm. Yeah. I'm picking that all day. I mean, it's one of those things. See, I'm older and got kids and, like, money's always tight, like, give me the duffel bag but if you if you ask me back then yeah i take that championship we had we had like i said we had the lsu boys on there we had we had gidry and herring and they gidry had his his ring and so he sat on the table and he literally said if you put a million dollars here next to it i would take the ring and i said it's easy for you to say i didn't actually put the bag of money there but (laughs) but but i like it so you know obviously no wrong no wrong answer again but when when you get older uh it's it's always money when you got when you got a family to take care of but hopefully y'all do get that national championship i think there's a good chance and you talked about the other teams i got that shirt that rami's uncle made me that uh her mom wears i don't know if you've seen it but it's got um it's got chase it's got angel reese it's got trey morgan with all their national championships above them and then it's got rami and it says we got next Above. Oh, I like that. I have seen that shirt before. Yeah, I had I had him send me that same one anyway. I was like, oh, if this happens, I mean, and then I told you, like I said, I feel like gymnastics do it. Everybody's gonna hate LSU if y'all if y'all can pull oh, it yeah. off in those two sports. On they already do. They already hate <laughs> LSU. As the, the old saying, "Hate us because they ain't us," right? So exactly. All right. Well, it has been a great episode. Before you go, is there anything you want to plug or promote? No, come to LSU soccer games. Absolutely. Well, I got one because my daughter has it up on her wall. 
go over to the athletic collection and get you a Maya Gordon poster. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like you are an inspiration, not just in Baton Rouge, but nationwide for girls who do watch soccer. So if y'all love Maya Gordon, go out there and get you a poster. Obviously you can check out LSU soccer on Instagram as well as follow Maya and see what she's got going on. But Maya want to thank you once again for coming on, sharing your story and talking LSU soccer with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great talk. Thank you. Absolutely. That's Maya Gordon, everybody. If you like hearing her story or you just like hearing us Average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. We will see everyone for the next episode. Normally we say next week, but this is actually a daytime episode for those who don't know. We got an episode tonight, staying in Baton Rouge. We're going to talk to freshman volleyball sensation Journey Robinson. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We are out.